0: Welcome back to the CBJ Sports Analysis Show with your hosts, Brandon, Cam, and Jason. In this episode, we'll include a quick update on both the NBA and NHL, a 2020 NFL season preview with some discussions as well and some predictions at the end. So I will start with our NBA recap. We are currently in the conference semifinals of the NBA playoffs. We've had some great series. We want to fill you in at the end of the first round of the playoffs since we haven't recorded a podcast since. The Bucks ended up being the Magic in five. The Lakers beat the Trailblazers in five. The Houston Rockets beat the OKC Thunder in seven. And Denver came back down 3-1 to win in seven games against the Jazz. And after the round, there was some big news about the Thunder parting ways with head coach Billy Donovan. Starting in the East for the conference semifinals, the five-seed Heat upset the one-seed Milwaukee Bucks four games to one. Bucks superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo ended up missing most of Game 4 and all of Game 5. The Heat will be playing the winner of the Boston Celtics versus Toronto Raptors series, where there's a game seven today. And in the West, the Clippers are up 3-1 on Nuggets, and the Lakers are also up 3-1 on the Rockets. It looks like the Clippers may be pulling away as well as the Lakers, but definitely must-watch basketball for the Celtics versus Raptors game. That wraps up our NBA recap, and now over to the NHL recap with Cam.
1: Thank you, Jason. We are now in the conference finals. Everyone is now in Edmonton. As in the round before, the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Boston Bruins in five games. The New York Islanders defeated the Philadelphia Flyers in seven games. The Lightning now lead that series against the Islanders two games to none, giving them a good series lead for them to hopefully make it to the Stanley Cup final. In the West, Vegas beat the Canucks in seven games to face the Dallas Stars, who beat the Avalanche in seven games as well. The Dallas Stars lead that series 2-1 to with Vegas looking to even up that series Saturday night. That wraps up our very short NHL recap. Off to Brandon for some NFL news now.
2: Yeah, and I got uh, the NFL news uh, this week. Um, the NFL news, its first game was last night with the Chiefs and the Texans. Uh, the te- uh, Chiefs, sorry, the Chiefs were... Um, the home team, and they were one of two teams that had fans this week. Uh, we'll get back. We'll get into that later about which teams are having fans, which aren't, and uh, how that will impact the 2020 season. But I'm going to tell you about some uh, news on extensions, cuts, signings, etc. Uh, we had a lot of um, extensions uh, as the start of the football season got underway. Last night, Deshaun Watson, uh, one of the uh, top um, contracts in the NFL. Obviously, we've talked about Patrick Mahomes a long time ago with his huge 12-year contract. Deshaun Watson's four-year, 160 million contract is one of the top highest, so below Patrick Mahomes. Um, an ex-Texan who is now on uh, the Arizona Cardinals in this offseason season got traded for. The running back of the Cardinals, um, DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver, who's now on Arizona, uh, signed a new deal, um, two years, fifty-four million dollar contract. Um, not as big as Deshaun Watson's contract, but uh, it's only two years, so fifty-four. Uh, other signings: Jalen Ramsey, five years, one hundred five million contract. Uh, Joe Mixon with a four-year, $48 million contract. We've seen a lot of those 50. Uh, and Kareem Hunt signed another deal with the Browns. Uh, two years, $13 million. Uh, Cuts and signings, we've seen uh, Leonard Fournette traded from Jacksonville to join TB12 and Gronkowski in the hot summer uh, and hot Tampa. Um, Josh Rosen, we've seen gone from Miami to Tampa as well. Back behind TV12, but won't seem probably a lot of minutes. Adrian Peterson was uh, a new signing. We've seen he is getting old, but he's on a new team. He is on the Detroit Lions. Uh, Josh Gordon was a free agent uh, after he was on with the Patriots. He's he's now signing with the Seattle Seahawks, and we've had Jadavian Jude- Cloud- Clowney, uh, who was also a free agent, uh, find another a team as well. He's on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we've had one trade uh, and that's Yannick Nakaku. I uh, hope I'm saying his name correctly. Went from Jacksonville to Minnesota. Um, that's going to do it for our cuts and signs in the NFL. Cam's going to recap last night's Texans-Chiefs game in case you missed it.
1: That's right. NFL kickoff last night. Chiefs versus Houston Texans. Kansas City Chiefs came up on top 34-20, to 20, winning by 14 points, beating the spread of 9.5 points. Patrick Mahomes threw for 211 yards, team and Deshaun Watson with 253 yards. Mahomes with three touchdowns, Deshaun Watson with one touchdown and an interception. The new running back out of Kansas City, Charles Edwards-Hilaire, 25 carries for 138 yards and one touchdown. And the new Houston running back David Johnson had eleven carriers for seventy-seven yards and and not Tyree Killer Travis Kelsey but Sammy Watkins led the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs in receiving with eighty-two yards and seven receptions and a touchdown. And Will Fuller led Houston there with eight receptions and 112 yards since DeAndre Hopkins is now gone. Kansas City Chiefs are one and zero in this league so far. Hopefully they are looking to go very far again. Super Bowl champs last year, but That'll do it for the recap of this first Thursday Night Football game and NFL kickoff of the season. Looking on to Sunday for the first full slate of games. to be very exciting to see the NFL finally start their season and see more
2: sports. I'll back to you, Brandon. All right. Um, we've seen NBA recaps, NHL recaps, NFL. That's going to do it for our recaps, but we're going to move on to the NBA as our discussion. Jason mentioned – this is filmed on the game day, a few hours before Celtics Raptors tip off. So uh, the result will not be uh, shared during this podcast as it will be, uh, was filmed before. Just a little disclaimer. Jason, I'm gonna start off with you on your thoughts with who's gonna recover faster. We saw in game six, all starters, but Marcus Saul of the Toronto Raptors played a minimum mm-hmm. of 45 minutes, Jason your thoughts on who's going to recover faster and who has a better chance to play the Miami Heat in the next round.
0: Yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see who recovers faster. If you guys didn't know, game six went into double overtime. Uh, These uh, players are definitely going to be very tired after playing that really, really long game. But it's, it's not really based on who's going to recover faster. Like Toronto or Boston could recover faster. In my opinion, uh, Toronto looked like they were hitting shots like crazy, even though they were gas. We saw Kyle Larry hit a very clutch shot over Kemba Walker. But I don't think that really translates into uh, who uh, wins the game. I think it's who wants it more. Game seven, like all the playbooks go away. It's just who wants it more. That's how game sevens are played, any sport. And um, Celtics definitely are a lot more talented than Toronto. But it's gonna be very unpredictable to see a will win. But if I had to predict, I do think the Celtics have the better odds at this, but it's not a biased opinion. It's just my opinion in general. Uh Cam, do you have any opinions on this?
1: You no, know, I think the team that gets into more of an offensive rhythm fast is gonna do better at the start of this game. You know, one of the big keys for the Celtics is Definitely locking down Kyle Lowry, he's their best player on the court, makes a bunch of plays all over the place. Great offensive and defensive player. So, Celtics gotta win this game. They really gotta lock him down make sure he's not going off the board, finding all these good passes. And if I'm the Raptors, you know, one of their keys is definitely also limiting Jason Tatum and the Celtics big three and getting, getting a good offensive rhythm, you know, with Van Vliet and trying to get a lot of points up front there, you know, Celtics did lead um, game six. Raptors came back a little bit. There was two overtimes, Raptors ended up winning, but I think if the Celtics can get in a good rhythm with Tatum, Kimball Walker, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart with his great defense, I think the Celtics will be able to come out top if they're able to lock down Kyle Lowry and don't give the Raptors all those opportunities they did in game six.
2: That's for sure, Cam. They need to lock down Kyle Lowry. He was deep from three and made them all. But what made Toronto so efficient in game six was the box and one. So I got to give credit to head coach and uh, NBA coach of the year, Nick Nurse, uh, for defending Kemba and limiting him to uh, very little points. Uh, We saw he didn't have any points first half. Uh, barely any in the second half. So great coaching from uh, Toronto, and curious how they'll come out after uh, that performance. We saw Toronto was not going home easy. They're the defending champs, and we, as Boston fans, are seeing why they were our 2019 NBA champ. That being said, I'm uh, going to throw it the reverse way of Cam. What do what does Brad Stevens and the uh, Celtics coaching staff need to do to prevent uh, Toronto from doing what they did in Game Six with the box one and Kemba and um, forcing Jalen Brown to uh, take all the shots?
1: You no, know, they just gotta they gotta play good defense first. They gotta stop making those sloppy plays, sloppy turnovers. You gotta get the control of the ball more. and Get Get everyone more involved. You know, Tatum's a superstar. You gotta get Tatum, Kimball Walker involved. Walker didn't have the didn't have the greatest game. Game six wasn't that great for shooting, but a little better at the end of the game. But they gotta they gotta everyone's gotta get their shots, and they gotta make some good plays, not be sloppy with the ball. And at the end of the day, it's only two words. It's game seven. You gotta do whatever you can. You gotta get that win. There's nothing else you can do tonight besides winning. That's. It's the only key to the game is win. It's game seven, it's the only thing you're focused about is winning the game.
2: Yeah, Kim, spot on with that. It's game seven, Winner, go home. i going to throw it quickly at Jason. Your thoughts on uh, what Brad, Stevens, and the uh, Celtic coaching staff need to do uh, to uh, win game seven.
0: Yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be some uh, big adjustments. We've seen throughout this entire series that Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet are just taking shots from everywhere and they're hitting it with consistency. But they've been doing a great job with locking on Pascal Siakam and Marcus Saul in the front court. So I think they can relax with those guys and try to guard Lowry and VanVleet a little more, like maybe throw some double teams on them because I think those are the most dangerous players on offense right now, even though Siakam may have had the best regular season of any of these guys. uh. Larry and Van Lee are the most dangerous scorers right now in game seven of this series and as for the new offensive plan I think that we need to give Tatum and Brown more comfortable shots as we're being forced uh, to the end of the shot clock and Jalen Brown took like what 20 plus shots uh, last game which is not okay in my opinion Kemba should be getting more open looks. Tatum should not having to be turning it over and getting called for those offensive fouls because he has no one to pass to. So I think they definitely need to be running a few more plays and not just um, just throwing away the playbooks, even though that is how game sevens are generally played. I think the Celtics need to be very strategic about this. They weren't as strategic in previous games, and that is why uh, they had to take a lot of those uh, contested shots. So on defense, I think make sure we guard Larry and Van Vliet a lot tighter. Consider putting Jalen Brown on Van Vliet rather than Siakam. I I feel comfortable with Tatum guarding Siakam as he has improved a lot this year. On defense and for offense, just run more plays. Get Tatum and Brown open. Maybe run some screens. And I think uh, Robert Williams should definitely be playing more minutes. He's great at setting picks and Daniel Tice as well. And that is why. I think Brad Stevens has uh, the potential to win this game for Boston.
2: All right. Thanks for both your opinions, Cam and Jason. Uh, We don't want to take too much time discussing this game. It's a big one, but we don't have that much time uh, to discuss it. We're going to move on to our second NBA discussion. and uh, This one may not be as big as Game 7, but I definitely think it's way more powerful. Uh, that's all I'm gonna start with. Jason, wanna kick us off with what the NBA needs to do?
0: So this discussion is about what the NBA should be doing next season, evolving the protest. So if you guys um, have heard that the NBA uh, shut down for a few days because of the Jacob Blake shooting, and the the Milwaukee Bucks stayed in the locker room as. Uh, form of protesting in a playoff game. And I think the NBA and Commissioner Adam Silver definitely need to respond to this. And um I think with the Black Lives Matter on the court is great. Uh the phrases on the back uh is great as well. But there's so much more that they could do that um will kind of um like limit the protesting in a way so that we don't have to have those uh Holdouts of the NBA, but also uh, spread the message. Any thoughts on this, Cam?
1: Yeah, I think the NBA should definitely continue to do something. Is you know we see it—the uh, players have their names on the back of their jerseys. They have you know, powerful words. Also, You have seen the NFL—they got names on the back of their helmets. You know, you had the Texans standing in the locker room for the national anthem as a protest. Um, there definitely has to be something done. I think it's definitely a good idea to keep their n- names on the back of the jerseys, you know to show that, and you know the jersey patches and uh, Black Lives Matter on the court. You know, definitely, they definitely have to do something more. Um, I don't know what it's going to be, but they should continue what they've been doing. They've made some, they have some good steps. You know, they could definitely keep definitely keep the stuff on the court and around their arenas. And I think what the NBA has done is great for protests, but, you know, the NBA has a very big name and they have potential to really show something. So, I think they should step out their game a little bit more. Do you have anything, Brandon?
2: I think that was uh, – message is being cleared. Uh, some, as Message is simple and it's being said. Uh, the players need to do um, something more, but that something more is still a question mark. They can do the protests in the locker room. They can wear the n- names on the shirts or helmets. But is it enough? We don't know. So it's a powerful debate that you guys at home can have with your family or friends. Jason and Cam uh, is going to start us um, with our NFL um, fantasy talk uh each week we'll do a quick talk about fantasy who's done well this past week we don't have any weeks to preview uh to show who did well but we're gonna do a preview uh and just in case you haven't done a draft yet here's some top players to draft
1: yeah we'll go through our fantasy tough fantasy players to each position first and we'll go into our nfl discussion we got our top three quarterbacks definitely Mahomes at one, Lamar Jackson at two, and Russell Wilson at three. Russell Wilson's always a great fantasy quarterback, gets a lot of touchdowns. I wouldn't say he's underrated, but he's definitely I, – I have him in my top three. And for running backs, you know, Christian McCaffrey is number one, Saquon Barkley two, Zeke and Kamara number two, three and four, and um, Derrick Henry and Charles Owens Haleo in Kansas City is um, five and six. No, those are all – Great running backs to have on your team. They put up a lot of points each week. Wide right receivers, we have Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, JJ Hawkins, and Devonta Adams. Michael Thomas is a stud last year. He broke a record, caught a lot of balls, a lot of touchdowns. But as for a tight end, we have Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, and Zach Ertz. Always big names, always great tight ends. With Kelsey and Kansas City, Kittle and San Fran, those are the top two. As for kickers, Justin Tucker, Harrison Bucker, Will Luntz, those pretty much stay the same. Kansas City kicker, Ravens kicker, and New Orleans kicker. All great legs there. Justin Tucker's got a very strong leg. As for defense, we have the 49ers, Ravens, Bills, and Steelers. I personally think that the Bills will have a very good defense this year. The division's not great. Only Patriots are the only other good team, you could argue, in the division. But those are our. Top players um for this year. I'll throw it on to Jason for our top sleepers our later round draft picks.
0: Yeah, so we uh, came up with some sleepers for this year. Some guys that well, sleepers means they're slept on. People underrate them. And if you have uh, a pick uh, in this draft and you're unsure who to take, you might want to take a risk on these guys. They're boomer best players, but uh, you should definitely consider taking them. We have Preston Williams on the Miami Dolphins, who uh, will be the number two receiver on the team behind Devontae Parker. This team's going to be throwing the ball a lot, especially because they don't really have a starting running back with Matt Breida and uh, Jordan Howard at running back with Kenyon Drake in Arizona now. Henry Ruggs, the rookie first-round pick wide receiver from the Vegas Raiders, he will probably be one of the top targets as Tyrell Williams is out for the season or for the time being, at least, we don't know. We have Darius Slayton on the Giants, who is going to be alongside Sterling Shepard. Daniel Jones is a great young quarterback, and he uh, should get a lot of targets, as we saw at the end of last year. Christian Kirk on the Cardinals. He's going to be behind DeAndre Hopkins on the depth chart, but we know he can be a high-volume player. Will Fuller, not a sleeper, but a good pick with DeAndre Hopkins being dealt to the Cardinals. Hollywood Marquise Brown on the Baltimore Ravens. He is always a good pick. He is going to be number one wide receiver on the Ravens. Nicole Hardman on the Kansas City Chiefs. They have Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, but give me a third option. He will be there. CeeDee Lamb on the Dallas Cowboys. He is another rookie first-round pick. Uh, behind Amari Cooper on the depth chart, but you can expect him to catch around 50 passes this year. Mike Gesicki on the Dolphins. I think he's a very underrated tight end. Definitely consider drafting him. As I mentioned, the uh, Dolphins are going to be throwing the ball a lot. AJ Brown, the Titans. He has established himself as the number one receiver over there. And then Cam Akers on the Rams. As Todd Gurley is now on the Falcons. And now we're getting into our season predictions, which is including the Patriots' record in the Super Bowl fifty-five champion.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Jason and Cam, for. Our fantasy advice of the week, we'll do that uh, for a consistent basis during the regular season. Kim mentioned earlier in his uh, NFL season kicked off last night, the Chiefs and Texans, and it resumes this Sunday with uh, most of the games, except for uh, the two Monday night games, uh, which is an um, exception this week because it's week one, and they have two Monday night games instead of one. My uh, prediction for the past record this year is obviously they lost on TB12. So that's a big loss for them. But the NFC is definitely the harder division, in my opinion. So I still think they're going to make the playoffs going 9-7. and That being said, no expectations for winning the Super Bowl, going to the Super Bowl, doing well in the playoffs. Uh, I think uh, my Super Bowl champ Super Bowl 55 champion, in my opinion, is Kansas City Chiefs over the New Orleans Saints. We're going to see this in week one. Uh, 425 kickoff on uh, national television, probably Fox, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Great matchup with Brady versus Breeze, and I'd love to see him in the Super Bowl um, in Tampa. Cam, your thoughts? Yes, I have the
1: New England Patriots going nine and seven this season. Um, I have to see them going ten, 10 and six if Cam Newton's um better than we think he's going to be this year. But first, before we get to the Super Bowl, I'll go through my division winners for each division. Um, in the AFC East, I have the Buffalo Bills coming on top, number one seed in that division. Baltimore Ravens, the Houston Texans, and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's for my wild card teams. I have the Los Angeles Chargers now. Los Angeles, Char- now Los Angeles, in, a, in the new SoFi Stadium, which is a very great stadium. And I also have the either Tennessee and Indy as another wild card possibility, and the New England Patriots as the seventh wild card with the extra playoff position this year. And in the West, I have the Philadelphia Eagles winning the NFC East the Green Bay Packers winning the North, the New Orleans Saints winning the South, and the San Francisco in the West, the Seahawks being a wildcard team along with Tampa Bay and Minnesota. You know, some people say Arizona could be an underdog team this year in the West. They are in the toughest division there with Seahawks and San Fran, but, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins, Kyle Amari is a great quarterback could see something out of the Arizona Cardinals as long as with the Chargers, you know. Um, they do have Justin Herbert, but even though he's not their starter, they got Eckler is a great running back. You got Keenan Allen who's a great wide right receiver. You now those are the two teams we could see do well there. Now as for my Super Bowl predictions, I have the Ravens being the Seahawks and the Super Bowl. Jason, what's your predictions?
0: Okay. My uh, Patriots prediction is 10 and 6 as obviously they're going to take a step down, may not win that division, but I do see Cam Newton leading this offense along with the spectacular defense led by Stephon Gilmore. Uh, I think they can definitely finish in a good spot and make the playoffs. And for my Super Bowl prediction, I have a 2019 MVP leading the Baltimore Ravens over Tom Brady's Buccaneers. It will definitely be uh, a tough race to the Super Bowl. A lot of good teams, like you guys mentioned, like the Chiefs, Saints, and Seahawks, definitely some other good teams. But I do think that is gonna take a bigger step up this year and uh, win a Super Bowl. And back to you, Brandon.
2: Yeah, we're gonna have to um, end this very shortly as we're on Zoom with the 40-minute time limit. So that's why we're starting to get rushed at the end. It's that's our reason. Uh we've had some uh MLS news with the revs. Uh fan favorite of the New England Revo- the New England Revolution. Lee Wynn is back in town. He will uh replace Carlos Hale for the season, who uh had Achilles injury during the MLS's back tournament. So uh good news for that. And um lastly, follow us on Instagram, CBJ Spores. And This weekend, we got lots of Boston sports teams in action. So you won't want to miss. Every day, there's some sports. Game seven, Celtics-Rappers, you won't want to miss. Tomorrow, Rebs take on Philadelphia Union. And uh, Red Sox and Rays uh, going out for the rest of the uh, weekend. And, And the Patriots' home opener is this Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. We played the Dolphins in week 16 last year. They knocked us out. New look, uh, Patriots team will hope to bounce back under Bill Belichick's leadership. And that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Any uh, last comments from Jason or Cam?
1: No, just go Celtics in game seven. That's all I got. Let's let's get this one tonight and move
2: on to next Yeah, definitely.
0: So pumped for this big uh, weekend in Boston sports and just sports in general.
2: Awesome. Thanks for your comments. Thank you for listening to episode eight of the CBJ show. That'll do it. We're out of here.